Blog Talk Radio. I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met. Diamond Dallas Page started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's not your mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! Took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a brand new episode of DDP Radio, live right here at ddpradio.com. My name is Mike Mullins. We are broadcasting live from the DDP Radio Megaplex, and as I pull up my Rolls Royce to the VIP spot in the VIP parking lounge of the DDP Radio Megaplex, they roll out that red carpet, and I strut into the front door. I have two Brazilian supermodels open up the front door for me. I have an escort to the elevator. I go up this, that massive elevator to the rooftop where there's hors d'oeuvres and there's snacks and there's shrimp and there's cocktails and wine. And we get to the top of the VIP elevator and I stroll out and I get escorted to the rooftop where I must ascend. This is the most crucial part of the DDP radio experience. I climb that tower rung by rung by rung by rung till I get to the very top. And at the very top, there's a light. And I take that light and I turn it up towards the great white north on top of the mountain, on top of the mountain, on top of Mount Ontario. And there's a shack burning bright. And in that shack, there's a hundred staff fighters, of GDP Radio Quote Masters and Crystal, the slave driver, making them work 24 hours a day so we can bring you radio. But she connects the light to the top of the tower and boom, GDP Radio all across the world to the masses. How are you, Crystal? Well, I need to talk to you about, you know, you get a Rolls Royce and I get a shack on a mountain. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is my bullshit story. I get to choose my own adventure. I mean, how do I bribe you for a better bullshit story? Oh, <laughs> uh, my wife asked me the same thing. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Good to know. Oh, well, welcome. Uh, it's great to be back. Um, we ended up uh, being off last week. I had screwed up royally my plans, and I was going to be away for two nights at a concert, and I called you last minute on my crystal I got the dates wrong. Can you help me out? And you really went above and beyond and rescheduled everything and made it so my whole friends and family didn't hate me for me backing out. So I appreciate that. Oh, you are very welcome. Like I said, um, it's, you know, it's a juggle, but it's always, you're always worth it. So, uh, well, I know that you uh, and um, 
I saw Roger and everyone were we're all excited because uh, <laughs> there was a big victory at the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And first of all, just let me soapbox for a minute. I am sick and tired of Canadians coming over and taking over such a great American sport like ice hockey and trying to make it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but congratulations. I know you guys are pretty stoked about that. I could hear the, uh, the mountains of Canada rumbling from here. Oh, it's been a little crazy around here. Just saying there's yeah, so the night, the night that they won their game, I think it was six. I have my windows open at night in my bedroom, and I was laying in here watching the hockey game, and all of a sudden you hear everybody screaming and yelling and <laughs> running up and down the street. You know, it's it's craziness here. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, congratulations. Yeah. I, I don't Thank follow you. hockey as much anymore, but I know pretty much everyone I know who is Canadian was pretty excited about that, so congrats. So uh, Thank you. moving moving forth here, um, I just wanted to uh, give everyone a shout out. I got a lot of messages from Caden and everyone over in the UK. The DDPY tour yep. over there has been going amazing, and uh, I know everyone's had a blast over there. I've been keeping up with uh, you know Hayden and Holly and all that stuff, and um, it's just been a, it's been a cool situation. Um, so if you guys are over one of the UK people. I hope you guys had fun. That looks like a hell of a tour, and I know that they love getting over there when they can. I, I love right. the UK. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't personally been. I know Katie's been dying to go back. She went and did uh, – uh, she was a uh, marching band person, and she did stuff over there for uh, high school, and she'd been dying to go back. So I'm really excited to hopefully take her there someday because it looks like a cool spot. Yes. I'm stalling yeah, here in case you can't tell because my interface is frozen. So I'm trying to bring our guest on the line, um, but I'm going to have to shut this down and restart. But while I'm doing that, I know, Crystal, you yeah. are uh, been working very hard uh, getting all our guests together and getting amazing shows uh, put together for us one by one by one. And every single week you're bringing us another banger. And uh, we've had so many amazing uh, inspirational stories and I know that you've been working hard on filling some great uh, guest lists for the up-and-coming shows, always delivering. But I need you to go ahead and uh, give us a little uh, intro for who you got booked for us tonight because uh, I'm excited about uh, getting her on. And if you want to take that sure. over, by the time I restart this, I probably will be ready to hop on the line. So uh, you can take over. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you have too much faith in me, but anyway, um, happy May, everyone. Um, I can't think of a better way to kick off a whole new month than with a brand new Warrior of the Week. Who is on this week, you ask? Mike and I sit down and talk with the amazing Wendy Ilski. Um, when I started digging into her story, it didn't take too long to realize what an incredible person she is. She has a well-documented Start that I'm sure anybody could research um, just online. You can go back and look at it. Um, but her beginning is only just the start of obviously what she's done. Her amazing journey 
is incredible. I mean, I, I can't say any more about it. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um, I'm quite certain that there are many more amazing things that are going to cross her path. I'm so excited to have her on. Wendy has an amazing story, and everyone thinks so very highly of her. And I am so thrilled that she is on this week um, as the Warrior of the Week. So please welcome Wendy Ilsky to the show. Oh, thank you so very much. I'm so excited to speak with y'all. And oh, God. Oh, y'all a little bit better. <laughs> oh, well, oh. well uh, I got I into the wire. I want to know well, I'm 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 pawning off tickets in, in the back alley, a hundred bucks a pop. So, <laughs> oh, I got you, man. I got you. <laughs> How are you, Wendy? Thank you for joining us. Sorry about the uh, little at the beginning. I was trying to pull you up, but I had to restart my stuff. Oh well, that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes it's better to hear what's going on first. Oh, oh, we appreciate you taking the time and. Um, I'm excited to chat with you tonight, and uh, you know we always have the Warrior of the Week on the show where we mm-hmm. highlight somebody who's putting in the work for uh, DDPY and walking the walk, talking the talk. Uh, we don't usually have standard scripts. We usually just let the conversation flow, but we have one standard question to start the show. Every superhero, every warrior has an origin story. Where, where were you and what got you to the point where you were ready to take the plunge uh, to DDPY? How did you get here? Oh, well, you know, I, uh, at 300 pounds, I wasn't living very much. At uh, 308 pounds, I just decided I didn't want to live anymore. At 316 pounds, I decided I had a life worth living and that I, I had a purpose. And when I was really thinking the worst and at my darkest of thoughts, I ran across Resurrection of Jake the Snake. That introduced me to the DDPY program. I saw Relentless, and I was absolutely sold. Um, I was in a bad place mentally, physically. I couldn't walk. I had a cane. My sons had to pull me off the couch because I couldn't get up. Every step I took was excruciating pain and um, I just was not living and I want to live and so I just started I just sat in that chair and I started I made a decision I made a choice that I was going to fulfill my purpose I couldn't do it at that weight wow that I mean I love that that's that's so amazing You, you know a lot of people will kind of procrastinate and stuff. And I'm sure I've been there. You've been there. Well, I've been there. But at a certain point, you, you, saw, you said to yourself, I can either hem and haw about this for a while, I can put it off, or I can just start. Sometimes that first start is the hardest part. And at times when it's, it's that kind of you know, situation, it's better to just do and not think. Just step on the mat and start. And you took that first step. Um, what was that first couple of weeks like for you? How did you kind of adjust in the program and what did you find out about yourself in those first few weeks of really taking it on? Well, I knew from the beginning that I had to attack why I was overeating 
and that every single pound extra that I was carrying represented an issue that I would have to face. And that was going to be the center of what I needed to do. But every time I stepped on that mat, which at first was in a chair, as soon as I started, I felt a little energy surge. I was embarrassed to be in that chair. I didn't want anybody to know I was using a chair. But once that little energy came, it was just like my body started tingling and wanted to move. And as soon as that happened, I started getting a little clarity and started thinking. I was able to get balance in my head as I'm struggling in this chair. Because at first, all I could do was seriously flap my arms like a chicken. For me to make it to the backyard, I would literally have to carry, have to help lift my own stomach and stumble around on a cane to walk 10 feet. But I put my trust in Dallas. I didn't trust anybody. I didn't trust myself at the time. I put my trust in Dallas. And I worked out with him every morning via my television set. I got to the point the kids were like, oh, Uncle D's here. Because every morning, that's what I did. <laughs> and what you have to understand was we just went through Hurricane Ida and lost pretty much everything. We had no roof. See, no, we had we had the living room, which was bare. And so I would work out on this slab and look up at the rafters. And my kids would have to sit there with their phones, try to get a kid to give up their phone and video me for, you know, hours. Because this was my chance. This was my opportunity to get control of my life. And it didn't matter the circumstances. I did. I had to do And I started with I think we're losing you. Crystal, are you is it breaking yeah. up on your end too? Yeah, I was just trying to text you and to let you know that yeah, the call is dropping. So Oh, I am so sorry about that. Oh no, that's fine. I, I don't I know if you have know. a on my end if I do something. It, it sounds like it's bad service or something. Maybe there's a, like a better place in your house where you can hear, but we can try to work through it. Um, I just wanted you to be able to get your story heard and, and so we could hear it, but it was getting pretty choppy. So we'll we'll try and see if we can get a better signal. But, um, you know, you talked about, you know, losing everything in the hurricane. I mean, you're dealing with these health issues and you're dealing with, that kind of rock bottom, and then on top of this, these incredible hardships. Those are the type of like situations people find them in that sink them for good. And in that moment, you found enough strength to find hope and to put in the effort to try to change whatever you could in the situation. Uh, there's a lot of things in that moment that are out of your hands. There's this, the weather, there's the rebuilding, and, and, and there's all this going on around you. But you found that one part of you that you're like, listen, I can do this and I can start working towards this. I mean, that's an incredible strength to find in yourself in, in such hard times. Well, when you start doing things you never thought you could, 
and I never thought I could do a push-up off of a chair. I never thought I could reach over and touch my toes, even sitting in a chair. And when you start doing those types of things, those become your wow moments. And when you've got an entire community believing in you, and when you're told you're getting stronger and you feel yourself getting stronger and you feel that energy coming through, and you start off on a road to forgiveness, because that journey was side by side with this one, worked and moved both of And every day I got stronger was every day I could work through something, forgive somebody, do something for somebody else. <clears throat> and the more so, I did that, and that's what the hurricane lesson was, because I lived in a devastated, destroyed community. And so it's like, what can we do at this time? Everybody needed a message of hope. So I took my journey public and just started communicating with people and holding myself accountable and talking about what I was doing through this wonderful program. So I I do have a question, Wendy, because I have been reading a lot about you and just your journey and your story. How much of the journey, I, I mean, you just talked about forgiving someone along, this, on, along your journey. How much was it actually forgiving yourself? Oh, well, that was <clears throat> the culmination of forgiving others. You start yeah. working through those things, and you start seeing, you know, I survived everything I survived for a reason. There's purpose and pain and when you come yep. to uh, <clears throat> push through that and rise in spite of it and take back your power because that's what it's about you just start working through one by one by one by one and you take back your power and then you become this big ray of light where you're shining through but there's one more spot and that final person is yourself and that's the yep. hardest one. That's the hardest one. But once you do that, that's freedom. Wow. Well, you, you mentioned, um, you know, you're you, you dealing with the, the physical aspect of, of DDPY and doing what you can, but you also, you, you talked a lot about attitude and uh, inspiration and emotion. Um how was that as purpose uh, as important as the physical aspects? Because I can imagine we always talk about it. Your body won't follow until your mind's ready to be fixed as well. How much was physical and which, how much was a men, uh, mental and emotional in your initial few months of starting? Well, they coincided. They went hand in hand. <clears throat> because when you first start doing the program, when I first started doing the program, I was scared. I was, you know, but then once I took that initial step and I realized I could do hard things, it just started me thinking. It's like a blood rush through your whole body to where my brain just kind of came alive as well. And so I was bringing myself out of this darkness into a fog, into the light. And um, that went hand in hand. The more I hit the mat, the more I could do, the further along I got mentally. I just got happy. 
you know, you get this rush and you start doing good and you start <laughs> doing good by yourself and doing good by others. And it all comes full circle and you just put all that energy back into the mat and you start seeing the changes and you start realizing, identifying why you're eating. And it's like you start disciplining yourself. That was the discipline is putting off what you want now for what you want most. And what I wanted now wasn't those cookies. What I wanted most was to live my best life. When, when you started putting together um, everything together and, and you started, you know, understanding yourself and understanding why you were doing things, was it something that it just fell into place or did you have to really work at making those changes once you discovered what you really needed? Was it... How much of it was an effort and how much of it was natural? And what did you do to kind of navigate that situation? Well, it was a lot of effort. It was very challenging because you have to start questioning yourself and you have to start breaking habits and things like mindless eating when you're literally trying to numb yourself with food and that's your habit of just reaching in a cabinet and gobbling and not even recognizing what you're doing. When your whole life is food and when you sneak in food, you have to start identifying why. Right. What am I hiding from? And so that takes a lot of mental effort. And that mental strength came from the physical. I'm just trying to think through this. That's amazing. Like, Wow. I mean, the strength that it takes to fall down and then stay there for the longest time, mentally, physically, but then to turn around and pick yourself back up, I mean, that's huge. I mean, you really need to be commended because, wow, a lot of people would stay down and you're just not one of those people. And I'm so proud of you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. But, you know, it really... Uh, I'm uh, just reflective of my community. We're very resilient people. Getting involved with the DDPY community, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, But as far as picking myself up, you know, that's the lesson learned. Nobody else is going to. (laughs) Right. Or they will. There's people who help you. But you're going to keep falling. It's you. You have to stand up. And you have to say enough's enough. This is not what life is supposed to be. You figure you out the purpose. You, you figure out your why. You, uh, go ahead, Mike. You, oh, sorry. You said, you said uh, there a minute ago you, you saw yourself go to 300 and 308 and 314. So obviously you had been battling this for a while. Do you realize what was it about this that really made you just go in and make this click for you? Was What was it about DDPY that made things, you know, feel right when other things hadn't for so long? Well, hope. There was hope. And there was somebody saying, believe in me. See, I met Dallas in person uh, for the first time during one of these WrestleCon things, and I had been doing the program, and I'd lost, oh, I guess I was down about 120 at that time, maybe 130, I don't remember. Um, And I started the challenge. 
but uh, he just took me to the side because when I introduced myself and told him my, you know, quick version, he just said that, you know, I'm proud of you, I believe in you, and I love you. And to hear that, not because it's CDP, but just to hear somebody say that and mean it. And I was like, then, you know, if these people see something in me, then there must be something really there. So start digging deep and and see these things. Because I couldn't even give myself credit at that tremendous amount of weight loss in a short amount of time. Because I was just go, go, go and focusing on some dramatic end, you know, Um that I just uh, I just needed to hear that that boost, and that's what really uh, I think set it apart. Never so underestimate the, the power you give someone by believing in them. Exactly. Amen. Amen. So, Wendy, I know a lot of people that are listening are new listeners and they don't know your story. So, can you, as much as it's not about the numbers. I know you know your numbers. Um, would you mind sharing those with everyone? Oh, I've lost 170 pounds. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. a person, like a, a whole person. Oh, yeah. Wow. I tried lugging around 170 pounds. It's not easy. But, you know, it's, it's that combined with the mental garbage gone. You just feel lighter and you just can do more and feel more process emotions in real time and just choose uh, happiness. So it's, it's a great thing. Wow. It's a great feeling. Congratulations. Wow. That's incredible. I, I, I was really, really heavy, morbidly obese. Um, and I know how much of an uncomfortable life that is. Even when you're not even doing anything, you're just sitting at a table or at a restaurant, everything is uncomfortable. Having lost that weight, your life must be so different now, just phys- from a physical standpoint, just living. Oh, it's the energy. It's the ability to uh, walk. <laughs> it's just the ability to do dishes and take out the garbage and bend over and pick stuff up. Little things that you would dread, like who gets excited about washing dishes? Well, I do because I can. And... uh I'm on a martial arts journey now, and I never thought I could do that, especially being past half the century mark. And strange because as a kid, I was athletic, and I enjoyed moving and doing things, and then I became a prisoner of my own body. And so once I got that freedom, it was just always go, go, go. I I can hardly sit still now. I probably need ADHD medicine. I just, I just wiggle around everywhere I go. And I literally, like, run sometimes, like, to get to a door. I'm like, oh, you know, I get that quick if I do this. And, uh, you know, parking further out and bringing the, bringing the grocery cart back is probably the greatest thing ever on the planet. And I actually give people the eye as I see them leave their grocery carts. I'm like, I'll put your buggy up. And so um, – you know, it's the little things. It's the little things. Because you don't even realize that people, like, 
will tell me all the time. He's like, oh, look what you're doing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I didn't even recognize that. You know, they'll say a year ago you'd have been asking me to do that. I mean, you have to remember my poor baby had to clip my toenails. My youngest child, that was his job. Wow. And so, you know, now I'm like, hey, come on, let's go play Frisbee. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's, it's just really, it's a, it's a freedom. It's a whole new lease on life. And you just got to look at it positively. You know, you just got to be positive about everything you do and just refuse to have a bad day. I, I, I didn't know you before, but there's a certain type of just spark in the voice that we talk to of people who are, who are changed, who are just living better lives, who are healthier, who are happier. And you've got that excitement in your voice. You've got that hope sounding in your voice. And you mentioned that earlier. Um, hope, hope is a hell of a thing because losing it, I mean, you can just see the spark drain from somebody's face. You can spark drain from their eyes. Hopelessness is, is probably the worst place you can be. Um, and it's a really dark place to be, but it's also, it's something that's not gone forever. And when it comes back, you can hear it in people's voice. You can hear it in their, in their entire being. And now that you've got a little bit of hope left or a lot of bit of hope left and, and you're looking from, at things from a different perspective, what are your goals looking like for the future? Like, obviously you're looking ahead now when you probably weren't feeling so great about it before. What would you like to do going forward with, this newfound hope. I just want to keep moving and I just want to help as many people as possible. You know, I tell everybody all the time, I'll see you on the moon because there's no stopping me and (laughs) whatever. And just, I'm doing whatever comes my way. And I just hope to continue spreading the message of love, joy, and hope. And it's just all about spreading joy. And so that's my mission, and that's what I do. And that's whether I'm telling the cashier at the convenience store she's doing a great job or whether I'm serving 100 meals to disabled veterans and whatever in between. You know, there's no limit to what a smile can do for somebody, what a couple of quarters can do for somebody, what opening the door for somebody, for telling somebody thank you. I'm calling somebody from your childhood. Thank you for putting, taking me out of right field and put me on first base. That built my confidence. Thank you. You just show that appreciation, and and that's all I. That's all I think about. Moving forward, there's a lot of negativity out there right now, and some yeah. some human decency and positivity can go a long way. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean. You know, I I was upon a time I was an angry person, and I would have a wrinkled up forehead and just look into at somebody. Um, well, where did that get me? <laughs> you know, in a really dark place. So sometimes you got to be that light. You got to be have that courage to just spread. So, Wendy, I have a question. Um, we hear this all the time that, you know, people have a starting point that, you know, weighs them down emotionally or physically, whatever the case may be, but then they, they find the program and they feel lighter. Um, do you 
think that you had to go through what you went through to enjoy where you are now? Yes, that's why I said I think there's a, there was a purpose for all that. And that's part of the yep. healing process. Because when you go through, you know, I came from a very violent home. I uh, suffered sexual abuse as a child for the until I was a teenager. And then to uh, witness suicide and have feel like everybody turns on me at that point. You feel you, know, you just life is crap, but you're still yeah. here. And you're still plugging along. You don't know why you're here, and you don't know why you're going through these things. And then when you all of a sudden decide, you know what? It matters anymore. It matters that you're still here. You're here for a reason. So all of that has built you who you are. You must be one tough cookie. <laughs> you must I be agree. pretty damn awesome to survive that. And still keep going. So because I did give up. I did go down. But I didn't say that. And I brought myself yes. up enough to seek out this program. It's it's such a beautiful uh, you know statement and, and sentiment. Um, you know, there's been times I think we've all felt sometimes in our life that man, I'm a lost cause. Like there's no way of pulling the nose up on this thing. Um, you know, you feel like you're just headed downward and. You know, I, I look from it at, at a different place than I did when I was younger, but there were some times when I was younger where I'm like, man, these are just the cash out right now. And I look at how beautiful my life is and how I have a beautiful family and my wife and my friends. And it's like, I can't imagine what it would have been like if I had checked out knowing what I know now. And it's hard to see that side of the fence when you're on the other side. But now that you're here, I mean, it's, it's, it's such an amazing place to be and it's such a great place to be to be a testament to others and show other people who are feeling like a lost cause or feeling hopeless that like it gets better and you know i wanted you wanted you wanted to commit suicide and and here you are now you can just feel your voice your loving life it's it's such a great message to be able to spread to people in your life and in the community your friends and family for your kids i mean everyone must be so impressed in your world what you're doing for yourself well, a lot of people, um, most people, and especially because I took my journey public, um, I did nothing but support me through this whole thing. And I have people who have reached out for help. I've had people who told me, oh, you know, I'm on my own journey now because of it. And all I can say is, you know, I'm on my journey because y'all are carrying me through. Y'all are inspiring me. And so it's a give and take, I believe. I think, you you know, you put that out there in the world and it's going to come back to you. In a way, I'm selfish like that. <laughs> it's like, oh, I love doing good because it makes me feel good. I say it all the time. feels good to do good, and I can only do good if I feel good. So what does it take to feel good? And um, so, yeah, I do, I do think that uh, community is important. And um, people are always, you know, throwing out compliments, and it's all been really positive. 
and um, I, I'm blessed. I'm absolutely blessed to have the amount of support I have because a lot of folks don't. A lot of folks don't. So this just tells me that my view of thinking that everyone was against me was definitely, definitely jaded, <laughs> and my eyes were open, and all these same people are here rooting me on and want nothing but for the best for me and my family. And I think when people do their best and invest in themselves, other people will too. That's amazing. I, I love it. Your, so your youngest son, who, who you depended on to help you groom, like you were in a dark place. Like that was a, that's a rough place for you to be and for your kid to be. What do your kids think now? Like now you're saying you went from clipping toenails to throwing Frisbees in the yard. Like, they kind of got a whole new mom now. Right. Um, you know, the <laughs> it's because they watched me go into this fire. See, they, <laughs> our story together, I mean, my kids, we've, uh, we've faced, we've been through a lot together and it's always been up. And uh, my ex-husband, their father, uh, went to prison for bank robbery and he was a really bad off uh, drug addict and so we lived with those things for a while and um, so we've always had each other and so they've watched me go through these things I've brought them through these things I've done my best to shield them they're great kids and they're outstanding in this community they um <laughs> They're very well known for who they are in this community for their service. And um, so it was, they saw the rise and fall of me. And they were planning on taking care of me. That's another one of those turning points. I overheard a conversation between my kids telling, telling each other one was going to go out and work, one was going to go to college, one was going to not go to college and stay home to take care of me, and once the other one graduated, they would switch places. So here's my children as teenagers planning their futures based on my condition. And so now it's like, Mom, where's supper? Can you wash my clothes? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I can do these things now. And they told me all through the challenge because we were in this together. We had to have a sit-down talk because so we either going to flip, flop, or fly. So when I entered the challenge is when, you know, it was always everybody on deck. But they were helping me every step of the way. My son would bang on the door. Did you do your DDPY today? I, you know, where's your log? Let me see it. Um, <laughs> the youngest one constantly had the camera on me. If I went to reach for something I wasn't supposed to, he'd be like, what you doing? And I turned around and there's a camera in my face. Um, you know, my daughter, she she would just put off even time with me. She was like, okay, no, what you're doing is important. You get this done. You get this done. And everybody did their part. And you have to remember, we didn't have a kitchen to cook in. So we would have to cook outside <laughs> and, um, you know, just get creative. And so everybody was in it together. So they watched it. But all along, because I kept telling them, I'm going to win. <laughs> and they're like, it's okay if you don't. Or you already have one. Look at you. You know, my oldest always assured me. He's like, you know, 
you're a winner no matter what. Look at you. You're different. You look different. You feel different. You sound different. You are different. You you know, you won. And my daughter would be like, well, it's okay if you don't win. And then my youngest was like, we got this. <laughs> wow. So, you, I mean, wow. you got amazing, you got amazing kids, it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they still don't know how to change an empty toilet paper roll, but they do own and run their own business. <laughs> and they're pretty good oh. like And And, you know, you know, you guys have been battling together for a long time. You guys have been through hell. Like, you know, just from what you're, you're telling me about where you guys came from. And, you know, one thing that you've always seen consistent in sickness and health, good times and bad, you guys always got each other's back. And that's more worth more than anything. True. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm blessed. Um, I'm very blessed. And it's me and these kids against the world at times, and now it's me and these kids for the world. And and that's what we're all about, and that's what we do. Wow. I, I love that. So, Wendy, I... <laughs> I have someone that has a question, and they just wanted to know what your kids thought of your belt that you got from the challenge. Well, <laughs> that belt has yet to be open yet. Oh. It's still, it's, I have it in the box. And, um, yeah, I still have to open it. That's something that – and now I'm at the point where I'm like, you know, Wendy <laughs> – this is absolutely uh, an insult to those who covet would covet that belt. And you know, my story is I've told it lots of times. I uh, when I first met Dallas and when I first met Jake the Snake, I told him the same thing. I said, "I'm going to that burning Smyrna, and you're gonna be strapping gold around me." <laughs> and I was wow, exactly. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I reinvented myself as Wushu Wendy, and I was going. Um, wow. And that's, and that's what I told him. And I even had my hands well, doing the belt. How about weight smooth and everything? <laughs> and that belt. You, you just called your shot Babe Ruth style right there. Exactly. <laughs> I pointed to the outfield. <laughs> I did. Um, and, and yeah, you, so... Uh, Sorry about that. Go ahead. No. So I got the belt the day before Christmas, and we were doing this service project uh, where we were going to feed people on Christmas Day. And uh, so we were cooking for a lot of folks. And I just said, okay, well, we're going to open it. We're going to open it. We're going to open it. And um, my mind got distracted. I said, okay, well, this isn't the right time. Like, there's a right time, you know. You work so hard for it. It's the end all of end all, especially if you're a wrestling fan like me. Oh, my God. I'm the world's greatest mark. <laughs> Trust me. I get into it. I believe. I believe. I've been watching since I was three. My daddy took me to my first match when I was three. And so that felt meant everything to me. And um, we had documented everything else. And my youngest, who was my cameraman, said, you know, Mama, I really want to be part of this. So, let's, you know, I don't want to film this. I want to, I'm part of, I want to watch you open it. And then 
okay. And then it was about getting everybody together at the right time. And then it was about me the whole time just having that, wow, I, I got to wrap my head around this. And I said, you know what, let's wait until the one-year anniversary, you know, because I started on Martin Luther King Day. I wanted my freedom. And so I said, wait till then. And then by then, I started thinking that, oh, man, I just, I started thinking about all the other champions and all the people that I thought would be champions and all the people in the community, and I just got overwhelmed. And I said, you know, I just have to wait until I'm ready. It's not an insult to anybody else. And for these people to choose me, oh, my goodness, I don't want it to be an insult to them. But that belt, that opened up, just you know, to me. And it's just, okay. I just have to work up the courage now to open that belt and finally accept it as I know I'm a champion. I have the heart and soul and mind of a champion. Uh, you know what? Everybody who's putting one foot forward every day is a champion. And so to represent these people is a huge humbling experience. And so it, yeah. it knocks you to your knees. So it's it's time. I need, I need to do it. Oh, I'm, I love that, and I, it's going to be a very special day when that happens. And I'm, and I'm excited for you. Um, I love it. That's I mean, first of all, I I, I got a sidebar for just a second because you mentioned you were a big wrestling fan. I just got to ask. You're in Louisiana. That's Bill Watts territory. Is that what you used to go see? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you done said the magic words. Yep. Oh, oh my God, I'm standing up right now. Oh, <laughs> that I is love beautiful. It. Oh, oh my God, I'm actually wearing my junkyard dog T-shirt right now. Oh, I might have to, I might have to put on my I love big cat Ernie Lad. Oh, yes, Mid South was. Everything to me growing up. Everything. Who that mess with your dog? Oh, <laughs> oh man, oh. you don't understand. Out here, oh, I love it. was king. It was king. That that was my whole life. <laughs> and I would take notes, watch all the matches on TV on Saturday. That was every Saturday. I got all the wrestling magazines because that was before cable. That was in the 70s and 80s. And so uh, I had Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Wrestler, Inside Wrestling. And I did all oh, my yeah. research. I was able to consult with all the territories. And then when cable finally came to town, I was able to tap into Georgia and Texas and Florida. And, oh, man, it was just um, everything. I became I, I media. I just opened up Pandora's box. We could talk for two days about territory wrestling because I'm a huge fan of Mid-South and world-class and all that stuff. So. Oh. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to have now I said world-class, too. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
you, uh, Mid-South was one of my favorite. I didn't get to watch it live because I was up in New England at the time, but like I used to collect tapes and all that stuff, and that was my favorite uh, place to get tapes from. I, I had friends and pen pals in Louisiana that would send me tapes, and I'd send them tapes from Boston, and oh, yeah, good old good times. Oh, so, you don't uh, understand. Out, out here, when they took down the statues of the Confederate generals and stuff, there was a mm-hmm. petition going around. I signed it, by the way, for the junkyard dog to be erected oh, in yeah. place. <laughs> That's Hell how yeah. much. I'm there for that. You know, how much, you know, he meant to that particular time. But the entire time, because all the greats came through Mid-South. All the greats yeah. came through Mid-South. All of them. You look, you look at any TV Saturday. show back then. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, where else are you going to have? You know, Dusty, Andre the Giant, and Junkyard Dog versus Big Cat Ernie Ladd and the Samoans. Come on! You know? Where else is that going to And then er- all Ernie the guys Ladd. that came up through that. And then I got this thing about Jake. And so, yeah. And Jake being well, from Mid-South. You, you, we're, we got to wrap up because we're almost out of time, but I want to say this real quick. You were inspired growing up watching Jake. You watched the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts, and you saw all the hell that he went through, all the shit that he went through. And then you see him walk out on that stage at the Hall of Fame, and they closed out the movie with him getting his name chanted in the lights one more time. And you get inspired by that movie, and you're at your low point. You're, at, you're, down, you're down and out. You're feeling pretty low. And at the end, you walk away with a title on that stage, Hoisting that title above your head, the resurrection of Wendy Elsky, the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts, people inspiring people. How beautiful is that? Oh, man, you're making me cry. That's awesome. Oh. That is beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Seems were, pretty oh, special. Awesome. Oh, wow. You know... But, I, I got Jake's story that really he um, – Jake literally has saved my life throughout my life. His uh, likeness and image always appears at the right time. And resurrection was the last time. Time wasn't the only time, but it was the last time. And um, wow. there was a time before that. When I was, uh, I didn't want to be here anymore. I was about 20 years old. And uh, I was, I attempted suicide. But earlier that day, um, I was, where I was working, my people working with me knew how much I liked. And they had bought this really creepy Jake the Snake squirt head. (laughs) (laughs) And it's this little head that, squeezes and water squirts out and I still have it um but they had left it by my door and I had opened that door because I had knocked and knocked and I went and answered the door I had taken a bunch of pills so finally I opened the door and that squirt head was right there and that took me back to when I was a child because to escape what was happening I would go into this fantasy land and imagine Jake and his matches and 
uh, those those kept me sane. You know, that was my way of of dealing with it, being able to break off and escape with the pain that was happening through that. And so that triggered that memory. He so saved me then, <laughs> saved me, saved me now. Oh, and here's something crazy. I'm literally looking at that squirt head across from me right now. No <laughs> way. Right uh, it's right literally in my eyesight in my wrestling room. I have a big collection room, but it, I'm literally looking directly at it right now. <laughs> I'll have to t- put That's a picture up crazy. on the radio. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's creepy though, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's creepy <laughs> as hell, but that's really cool. Like, you know, you mentioned that, and as you're saying that, I'm looking at it directly right now. So that's, that's pretty crazy. But, you know, I love, I love talking to you, and, and I love hearing your story, and you're such a real, you know, you're a real human being. You're a real, you've been through the, you know, the depths of hell, and you've come through it on the other side, and you can hear the hope and the happiness in your voice, your lust for life, your excitement. You've got a great family. You're just crushing it right now, and I'm so excited to see where things go for you, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of great times ahead. And I'll, I hope you'll come back and talk to us at some point and give us an update on how you're doing, but it was such a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, well, thank you for having me, and thank you so much for your listeners for listening and tuning in to y'all. Y'all do great things. Thank you for highlighting folks in the community. I know it means a lot, and we just appreciate y'all and what y'all do. Thank you so very much. Oh, I think okay. you're the best. Absolutely. I do it, too. It, That's what I keep telling everybody. But you know, <laughs> don't agree. I'm done. I love when it. I get into I that VIP it. lounge, then I know I'm the best. Right? <laughs> well, maybe I know a guy. Maybe I can hook you up. I hope so. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah We'll have to have a whole show where we just talk Mid-South Wrestling because I can go on forever <laughs> As I'm sure you could Absolutely oh, well, thank I you so I'm much. a walking encyclopedia Thank you oh, I love it, Well, right after my own heart um, Well, thank you so much That was such a fun show, a, a great conversation And it's uh, really exciting to see Just the growth and the change And how things are going And uh, I can't wait to talk to Wendy again I'll have to have her back here soon uh, but I know Crystal. I know you've got a full-time yes. staff of writers down there in the dungeon <laughs> on the mountain, on top of the mountain, on top of Mount Ontario. <laughs> and I know what the people want to hear. They want to hear that uh, quote of the week uh, to to send us off. And uh, I know that you'll dig down and get something deep and something real powerful to send us off in the next week with. So without any further ado, Crystal Stewart, quote of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Um, So the quote this week is, and if I could tell you one thing, it would be, you are never as broken as you think you are. Sure, you have a couple of scars and a couple of bad memories, but then again, all the great warriors do. I love it. Perfect. And, uh, that's a, a great one to send us off for this week. Great episode. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you. Who that mess with a junkyard dog? All right, guys. We'll see you guys <laughs> next week. <laughs> Have a great time. Own it. Uh, thank you, guys. And we'll be back soon with another episode of DDP Radio Live right here at ddpradio.com. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. See ya. 
kicked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The powerbomb set up by Page. Oh, oh, Diamond Cutter! I don't believe it! Diamond wow. Cutter out of the powerbomb! We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work, and most importantly, own your life. This has been a presentation of DDP Yoga and Blog Talk Radio.